Welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Thank you. Thank you. You may be seated. It's great. Thank you, guys, on the keyboard. I appreciate it as well. You may relax. Now, as Tony said, we are going to continue our relationship series. And it's a series that we started because we basically want to help all of us to develop sweeter relationships. Who wants some of that? Because if you're alive, you're going to have to establish relationships. There's no getting away from it. There'll be family, there'll be friends, there'll be neighbours, there'll be people. You will have to form friendships. And sometimes these friendships, they'll be sad. At that time, they might be a little bit sour. But sometimes, just sometimes, they may just be sweet as. And that's what we're hoping, that through this series, we can all have a little bit of help in developing sweet as relationships. So Tone kicked the series off uh, three weeks ago, and uh, he started with a great message called Sweet Foundations, because every relationship should be started on the right foundations. Then uh, Pete followed with a cracker about sweet resolutions because in every relationship you're going to experience conflict and knowing how to resolve that conflict is going to go a long way in helping us to develop sweet relationships. Now last week Tone talked about sweet talk and then sweet love and uh, that, they've been great and if you've missed them, download it from, from our website because they've been great. Listen to them and be blessed. Today it's my turn and I'm going to be talking about sweet forgiveness. Sweet forgiveness. Everyone say sweet forgiveness. Well, I said everybody, but hey, I forgive the rest of you that didn't participate. That's okay. See, I practice what I preach. And look, I've had to because this week, look, I don't know about other preachers, but I normally get tested on what I'm going to preach on. And this week, I tell you, I have been tested over and over again on this thing about forgiveness. People have been winding me up. My colleagues have been annoying me. My wife has been more wrong than usual. I tell you, it's just been hard. It's been tough. Do you feel my pain? But I mean, it's okay because it all served to remind me that that's one of the hardest things about forgiveness is that we get constantly tested on it because we get constantly hurt. Is that right? We get constantly let down. I tell you, your family will hurt you. Your friends will hurt you. Your church will hurt you. Your colleagues will help you, help, hurt you. I will hurt you. It's true. If you get close enough to me, I will hurt you. There will be times when I will do something or not do something or neglect to say something or say something that's going to tick you right off. So I apologise in advance. Um, you're going to have to forgive me and I'm going to have to forgive you as well, I'm sure. But it's not because we just get constantly tested on it, but it's also something that doesn't really come naturally to us, is it? I mean, forgiveness is not, it's not a natural inclination. It's not a natural disposition. I mean, it's easier to hold on to things. I think it comes a lot easier to hold on to hurts and disappointments and uh, I want to keep them to ourselves. We don't let go easily. We hold on to them. But we do so at our own peril. Because when we hold on to unforgiveness, we only hurt ourselves. Somebody once said that holding on to unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting somebody else to die. The only people we hurt is ourselves. And there's been a myriad of studies done on this that link unforgiveness with sickness. One of these studies, just by way of example, done by What Your Future Holds, found this, that it 
distresses your muscular skeletal system, it increases forehead muscle tension, thereby producing headaches, and it also produces symptoms such as stomach aches, muscle tension, joint pain, dizziness and tiredness, the blood flow to your heart is constricted, and your digestion is also impaired. Who wants some of that? <laughs> Anyone? Then forgive and hold on to it. Because according to this, I reckon some of us might actually be unforgiving ourselves to death. This is an important teaching that we must take hold on. Something else that I feel it's really hard. I just want to lay this as a foundation before I get started because I know that when we talk about forgiveness, people do this. Because I know we've been there and done that. And I know we've all been hurt. And I know we've got things that we need to let go of. So this thing's are important to remember. And I think one of the things, this is probably the hardest thing about forgiveness, is that we're afraid of being asked to let people off the hook. People who have hurt us. But it's not about letting others off the hook. It's about letting ourselves off the hook. It's about our healing, our freedom, our liberty, our holiness, our relationship with God and how we're going to emulate Him. That's what it's about. It's not about letting people off the hook. Hey, look, I believe in a justice system. I tell you, somebody who hurts my family, I want the full strength of the law thrown at them. And I also want my law to be thrown at them as well. It's not that I, I believe in letting people go. I believe in justice. And you know, there are evildoers out there that deserve what they get. So it's not about letting people off the hook and uh, taking whatever comes their way. It's not about that. It's about our healing. It's about our natural process. God is a merciful God. Yes, but He's also a just God. He's as merciful as He's just and He's as just as He's merciful. Psalm 11.7 says, For the Lord is, a, is righteous. He loves justice. Upright men will see his face. God is a righteous, just God. So it's not about letting people get away with things. Just last week, I was talking to somebody who said to me that had been unfairly treated with uh, by, their, um, by their employer. But I love their reaction. They didn't just sit back and take it. They forgave. They dealt with their heart. But they did something about it. They wrote a letter of complaint in which they clearly outlined what had gone wrong. And they faced up to their employer. But then they also moved on. They did something about it. So forgiving is not about letting people get away with things that they shouldn't get away with. It's about us. It's about our healing. It's about our freedom. That's what forgiveness is about. And that's what we're going to touch on this morning. And so we're going to just turn to the Word of God to look at some things that I believe are going to help us to walk into this freedom. And then ultimately being able to walk into the freedom to be able to develop the sweet relationship that God has for us. Amen. So we're going to hear a little parable today. A parable is just a story uh, that has a great point and Jesus often taught in parables. I love the parables. Anyone else love parables here? I do too. Well, today we're going to read one called The Parable of the Unmerciful Servant and it's found in Matthew 18. We're just going to uh, read the first uh, several verses. So if you have your Bibles, feel free to turn to it. If you don't, it'll be up on the screen. The Parable of the Unmerciful Servant, Matthew 18, verses 21 to 27. It reads like this. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister? Very politically correct, isn't he, Peter? First time, my brother or sister. So I just thought of that. Anyway, um, who sins against me? Up to seven times? 
Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servant. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that they had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. We're going to stop the story right there because I think that right here, we can pick up some really, really good practical tips on what real forgiveness is and how we should implement them in our lives. So we're going to look at something that I believe that we can learn from this, and it's simply this, is that, Real unforgiveness is unrelenting. Real forgiveness is totally unrelenting. It starts like this. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother? It's a great question. I've asked that question. Lord, how many times do I have to forgive them? How many times do I have to forgive my neighbour for those loud parties? How many times do I have to forgive those people at school? How many times do I have to forgive those colleagues? How many times, Lord? How many times must I forgive slow drivers in the fast lane? Jesus, surely that's the unforgivable sin. Surely I can just run me off the road just once, please. Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive my wife for not putting the car seat back exactly how I like it when she drives my car? Jesus, how many times? That's worse than living in the toilet seat. I've come on, that's, this is a safety issue here. But anyway, how many times, Lord? Well, Jesus provides a very clear answer here. That's a bit challenging. How many times do we have to forgive? How many times do I have to forgive you? Every time. Always. How many times do we forgive? Always. Peter asks a really interesting question. Because he says, up to seven times, Lord. And it was actually a Hebrew custom that you only had to forgive up to three times. The fourth time, you didn't have to forgive. So he probably thought he was going to win brownie points with Jesus and sound really good and said, oh, how many times, Lord? Up to oh, seven times? And Jesus says, well, you can take your seven and uh, you can put it in your tunic. <laughs> because uh, I tell you, not only seven times, but up to 77 times. Another translation says 77 times seven. Now, if you're trying to work out what that means, you've missed the point. It means it is everlasting. It is unrelenting. As many times as you get hurt, that's how often you have to offer forgiveness. Not once, not twice, not seven, not 77, not 77,000 times seven, whatever that equals to, every single time. That's how often you have to offer, I have to offer unrelenting forgiveness. It is never ending. It never stops. We never run out of grace. We never run out of mercy. And if we offer this unrelenting forgiveness, that's what's going to sweeten our relationships. Like I said, I tell you, we're going to, go ahead, going to come our way. It's not a matter of when, it's a matter of, not a matter of if, but a matter of when, I should say. It's going to happen. And if we're ready for it, if we're ready, if we know that, look, we live in a sinful world, I'm a sinner, there are sinners around me, people aren't perfect, starting with me, it's going to happen. Let's not be surprised by it. And let's realise that we are called by God to offer constant and unrelenting forgiveness. I know it's, it's not easy to do. It's not easy, I know. And one practical tip that I can give you to, to help you do this, because it's, it's helped me, is to realise that it's, it's a choice. 
Forgiveness begins with a choice. Begins with starting your day right with God and get before Him and know and realise, Lord, on this day, I am going to be hurt. On this day, I know something will happen. I know my wife is going to get in my car and not put that car seat back properly. I just know it. doesn't matter how many times I've told her. I know it's going to happen. But Lord, I forgive her now. And with everything else, every other issue that comes our way, Lord, give me the strength as you have forgiven me. Give me the grace. Give me the spirit that I need. Help me now to forgive now, to forgive in advance. And that's the curious thing about the word forgiveness. It means to give in advance. Some that you give beforehand, for from the word before. It means to forgive, to give in advance. So I think that's a really good way to help us, a really good thing to understand to help us regarding forgiveness. If we wait until we're hurt, if we wait until that thing happens, and then we try to forgive, we're already on the back foot. We're already going to have to deal with getting rid of hurts and disappointments and bitterness. But if we've made the conscious decision of not being surprised of the world that we live in and that things are going to happen, and as they happen, Lord, I've decided to forgive. Now help me walk this out. Begins with an initial decision. You give in advance. To forgive means to give in advance. And I believe that that's going to help us to offer the unrelenting forgiveness we've been called to offer. And therefore, sweeten up every relationship that we have with the people that walk with us. Amen? Something else that I believe is really important coming through this parable is that forgiveness is also not just undeserved, sorry, unrelenting, but also undeserved. Totally, totally undeserved. Let's read on. In verse 26, it says, At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him. The servant received undeserved forgiveness. He owed a great deal of money. We get told 10,000 bags of gold. Now, that's a lot. I don't know exactly what that, what that equates to, but that is a lot. He had a huge debt. And I think we were pretty reasonable to assume that he would have to have done some pretty unwise things to have got into that much debt. Maybe some pretty evil things. So we don't know. We need to understand when we read Scripture that there's a lot we don't know. There's a lot we need to think about. Now, for him to have got into so much debt, man, this servant, he must have got, been up to a lot of no good, I think. That was a big, big debt. And he gets before his master and says, Master, take pity on me. His master looks at him, sees the situation, hears his cry, sees this man who's probably ripped him off and gives him something that he does not deserve. He gives him undeserved forgiveness. It's right now, at this moment, where we have to understand who the characters are in this parable. These characters are us, you and me. That's who they represent. We are the unmerciful servant. We are the ones who had accrued a huge debt that we could not pay. God is the merciful master that looks down on us when we repent, when our hearts turn, when we give our lives to him. And he looks down on us in, in his love and his sympathy and says, I forgive you. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve my forgiveness. I don't deserve anything that I've received from God. I know that. My forgiveness as this servant is totally undeserved. And that's what forgiveness is. It is totally undeserved. And if we offer if we, just say, if we just dare to offer this undeserved forgiveness, that's also going to bless and prosper and sweeten our relationships because that's what's required. Undeserved forgiveness. Don't wait. Don't wait until the person is good enough. 
Don't wait until you think the person has paid their dues. Don't wait until you feel you're vindicated. Don't wait until you may be waiting forever. It may never happen. Don't wait until that moment. Free yourself now and offer what, what, what they don't deserve because that's what you've received. That's what you need to offer. The master didn't stand there going, well, okay, you can, you know, you can pay it back, but uh, you, know, you can pay me back this much. No, he didn't say that. He said, you are free. I, I, I take pity on you. And that's what we need to go. That's what we need to do with the people that hurt us. We don't know. I'm sure we've hurt other people in similar ways. I, I don't know. If I haven't hurt other people, I've hurt God. There, but by the grace of God, go I. I've received something that's so totally undeserved. And that's exactly what I need to dispense in my life. I was the recipient of unconditional forgiveness. It's no wonder that Jesus says to come to him like children. Have you ever seen children? They're playing together, they annoy each other, they want each other up, they bash each other, and then a minute later, they're best friends again. And, and you know, there's been times when I've stuffed up with my parenting and, you know, maybe gone off the handle when I shouldn't have. And I, I just love my kids. I, you know, I go off at them and then I'm still upset about what, what I went off about. And then two minutes later, they're just like walking around going, no, oh, what do we play now? They, they just get over it. Um, I, I hope no one saw me at Maccas this Tuesday morning because I, I, um, was, I lost it. I, have to, I, absol- I absolutely lost it in the car with my children. It was a bad morning. They had made me run late. I had to wait 15 minutes for my coffee. Come on, that is the other unforgivable sin. When you're in a hurry, you don't want to wait 15 minutes. And I thought I'd be nice and get them a baby chino. They were waiting for me in the car, so I got two baby chinos and a coffee. And by the time I got back in the car, I was already really wound up. It had taken a long time. I looked at the time, we were already running late to get to school. So I was like, I was heating up nicely already. Anyway, so I give him the baby chin. I said, you be careful with it. Go careful. Uh, drink him slowly. We're going to go. I take off so slowly, so carefully, so gently, so lovingly. Within a microsecond of me moving the car, I hear these two voices screaming, going, Aah! I look back and they are covered. They are covered from head to toe with baby chinos and I lose it. I just go, well, I won't say what I said, but you know, how could you? What's wrong with you people? Oh, I just kept going off and I just drive off and they drive yourselves up. You've made me like, and I'm punching the steering wheel. And then I, and then I realized, oh, Jesus, what am I doing? Firstly, I'm hoping no one's taping me and I'm gonna find myself on YouTube that night. <laughs> Crazy dad loses it at Maccas. <laughs> But um, I'm thinking, okay, this is, I've got to get a hold of myself here and uh, turn the music up really loud. And by the time I get to school, you know, I've calmed down, I've become a Christian again. I'm, sa- I'm, I'm saved once again. <laughs> Give my life again. God's come and rescued me, redeemed me. And uh, I, I get to school and I, okay, I've got my speech worked out. And I'm like, Kids, I'm sorry, daddy shouldn't have yelled like that. That was naught, that was bad. Anyway, I get out and I'm about to, you know, I get them out, I'm about to face up to them. And I'm there, guys, look, I'm really sorry. And they've gone, yeah, yeah, okay, no, no worries. You're picking us up. Yeah, no worries, okay. We, we got pee today. We've got to hurry up. Give me a big hug and then you run off. <laughs> and I've been completely let off the hook. I go, oh, man, I was the recipient of something that I didn't deserve. I was silly. I said silly things. I shouldn't have got so angry. But, man, they, I, just, I got something that I didn't deserve and it felt so good. It made my day. I thought, wow, I can learn from that. I can learn from that. Man, I want to bless people like that. I didn't deserve that cuddle. I deserved that kick in the knee. 
But they gave me a big cuddle because that's what kids do. They move on. That's why Jesus said, come to me like little children. And it was wonderful. But then I had to offer them forgiveness because I picked up my son that day and I said to him, did you, um, did your teacher say anything about being so late? The guy goes, no, no, she didn't say anything. Well, she asked me, but I just told her, oh, I told her we were late because daddy was busy punching the window. So, but, So I'm expecting a phone call from family services anytime. <laughs> We've got a meeting at school next week, darling. All right, so, so I had to forgive him. But man, it felt good. Not punching the window. Because I didn't punch the window. It was just a steering wheel. It just seemed like it to me because it was freaking out. But, but I, it felt so good to give that, to, to, receive, to be the recipient of that. So let's do as the master did. Let's with those relationships around us that, you know, people might have done certain things, whatever that may be. If they're big things, if you've got little things, maybe begin there. You know, maybe someone doesn't deserve that level of forgiveness. But as we've just read in the story, that's exactly how God has dealt with us. And that is exactly how we need to deal with other people. Offer them unrelenting and undeserved forgiveness. And that's going to sweeten our relationships. Something else that I can see in this parable is that forgiveness is unlimited. It is totally unlimited. The final part of that verse is this, that the master cancelled the debt and let him go. Cancelled the entire debt and let him go. He didn't say to him, okay, repay me in interest. He didn't say to him, okay, give me 10% or you know, go and work hard. He said, okay, you owe me nothing. I keep nothing back. I keep nothing to myself. No interest, no amount, no money, nothing. You owe me nothing. And he let him go. He let him go. And as I was preparing this for this, for this message, I just felt God just impressed those words on me over and over again. I think that's what we need to do this morning. If there are people that we just simply need to let go. Just look at them. Just think about them. And just let them go. It's time. It's time to walk into the freedom that God has for us. It's time to walk into the footsteps that Jesus walked in. And let people go. And if we offer that unlimited forgiveness, that incredible unlimited forgiveness, that's going to develop our relationships. It's going to sweeten our relationships. We can't, we can't afford to wait until we get rid of all the resentment. We can't say we've, we forgive and hold, hold on to, onto bitterness. We can't say, we often do that. We say, yeah, I'm trying to forgive, I forgive. But then we hold on to things. But the master cancelled everything. He held onto nothing. He held nothing back. That's what we need to do. We need to forgive and not hold on to any amount, any amount of bitterness, any amount of resentment, any amount of ill-wishing or ill-thinking toward the person. We need to completely and utterly let people go as the master. Let us go when we came to him. We need to let people go. I know this is really difficult to do, but it's something that we have no choice about, no option in. And with letting people go, I believe there's, there's a few things that we can put in, into practice to be able to begin to walk this out. 
This is what we need to do. And this is how I believe, this is the things that I believe we can do to implement, to be able to walk these things out. To let people go. There comes a time where we need to stop talking about it. Stop talking about what happened. I think it's important to talk about it. I think it's fine. I, I vent with one person, definitely my wife. I've got a few mates around me that I vent with and, and I just unleash, I unleash hell on them. I completely unload. And there are things from the past that have happened as well and I've unloaded with people some of the hurts and some of the things that I've walked through. So it's un, I, it is healthy to talk about those things. But there comes a time, there's got to come a time when, okay, enough is enough. I have dealt with it. I have sought the right counsel. I have spoken to the right people about it. Maybe now it's time to let go. And maybe now it's time to just stop talking about it. That's going to help you to totally forgive. Stop telling people about it and, and maybe stop telling the person about it as well. You may be one of those people that reminds the person about what they've done every chance you get, every argument, every moment, every situation. Oh, but remember when you did that, but what about that? And you drag things back from 20, 30 years ago. Like when couples start arguing about what's happening now and the argument blows out because they begin to argue about things that happened last week and five years ago and 20 years ago. There comes a time where if we want to let go, truly let go, maybe just stop talking about it for a season and definitely stop telling the person what they've done. You're not an accuser. We cannot take the, the role of the enemy in this. That's his role. He's the accuser. He's, who, he's the one who remains the saints what they've done. God is, as far as the east is from the west, my Bible tells me, he, so far he has removed all my transgressions past, present, and future. He doesn't sit up there reminding me. Thank God for that. I became a Christian when I was 25. Before that, I was anything but a Christian. I've got things that, that I just don't want to be reminded about. He doesn't remind me over and over again about it. Who are we to do that as well? So maybe there comes a time when we need to stop thinking about it. And I believe this is going to help us to walk out this forgiveness that we've read about in the parable. Something else as well is that we need to stop thinking about it. There comes a time also when we go, okay, God, by your grace, by your spirit, by your, by your strength, come and help me stop thinking about what happened. That's probably the hardest. And this is, I believe this is a supernatural impartation that we need in this, in this situation. But we just stop thinking about the situation. If you're going over it over and over again in your mind, if you're replaying it in your head over like, like a movie reel, if when you go to bed, you start thinking about it, if when you're driving, you just keep seething and stewing on it, that's not going to help you. Let people go and stop thinking about it over and over again. Your master in heaven, your heavenly father doesn't stew on your sins, on your past sins. My Bible actually tells me that he's got amnesia, that he remembers my sins no more. He remembers my sins no more. Let's get to that point so we can totally forgive and get to that point where we can Honestly, also say, I'm going to remember those sins no more. However unspeakably horrible they were, or however seemingly just annoying they were, there and everything in between, there has to come a time when we stop talking about it, when we stop stewing on it, stop thinking about it, and we let people go. Again, not to let them off the hook, 
but to let ourselves off the hook. And something else that I believe is going to help us in this, and this is the real challenging one, I think, is to do something about it. To do something about it. I have been forgiven by God. He wiped away all my sins, all the horrible things that I thought, did, said. But you know what he also did when he forgave me? He then went on and blessed me. He then went on and prospered me. He then went on and gave me a life filled with hope. He then went on and healed me. Gave me the most awesome wife in the world. Gave me the most delightful children on earth. Gave me the best church in Adelaide, in this city. Gave me, gave me a hope and a, and a future. Wiped away my tears and healed me. He blessed me. He prospered me. And I believe that is a picture for us as well to take on board. That's how we need to forgive as well. You want to forgive like God has forgiven you? Then consider this. How about doing something to bless the person who's hurt you? Let me give you some homework. What do you do this week? Just find someone. Someone who's annoyed you, someone who's, who's hurt you. How challenging you want to make that, it's up to you. Recent past, how horrible, how, how light, whatever. But how about, how about letting me challenge you this morning just, just with this. Do something for the person who has hurt you. Bless them in some way. Bless them as your heavenly Father has blessed you when He forgave you. And He so loved the world that He gave. He gave something. He didn't hold back, but He gave. I believe that if we put those things into practice, it's going to help us. It's going to help us. We can't wait until we feel like forgiving. Otherwise, we'll never, we'll never. Don't worry about the feelings. That hurt might still be there. That's natural. That anger might still be there. I know, I know that those things take time. Sometimes they take a long time. However, if we put some of these things into, into place, I know that in time it's going to. Sometimes it might be an immediate healing. I don't know. But these are the things that are going to help us to walk out and flesh out the Word of God. You might be thinking, but they don't deserve it. Well, that's the point. That's just it. They don't deserve it. And you didn't deserve your forgiveness. You didn't deserve your blessing. You didn't deserve everything that you've received from God. So don't withhold. Freely you've received. Freely also offer. And just in conclusion, it's, it's a wonderful parable. It, it, like I said, it can teach us a lot about... This, I'm just skimming on, on the surface on this. There's a lot more... Go home, read it, let it get into you. As Tony said before, it's only the truth that's going to set you free. And the truth in this parable is the only thing that's going to set us free. Unforgiveness is a poison that will kill us. It's going to hold us back. We're going to stop being able to build those incredible relationships that God wants us to have. We're going to bring hurts from the past into our relationships of the, of the present and into the future if we don't deal with those things right now. It's going to affect our parenting. It's going to affect our, our husbanding, our wife. It's going to affect our, in the workplace. It's going to affect every area of our lives. That's how serious it is. It's a matter of life and death, literally, I believe. That's a wonderful parable that can teach us a lot. And I wish I could tell you that it had a happy ending. But the parable is called the parable of the unmerciful servant for a reason. I wish I could go on to say that the servant received the master's forgiveness and he walked away tiptoeing through the tulips, 
saying good morning to the birds and blessing everybody around them and offering love, hope, faith and forgiveness to all that came to him because of what he'd received. But unfortunately, that's not what happened. This is what we read happens. I believe an incredible tragedy. Goes on to say, but when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. Just a hundred silver coins. Not 10,000 bags of gold like he owed, but just a few silver coins. And he grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay him back. Not very nice really, was it? I think, I think pretty abominable really, pretty tragic. After the mercy and the goodness and the forgiveness and the unconditional, unrelenting, undeserved, unlimited grace and forgiveness that he experienced and received, he goes out, grabs someone who owes him something, someone who owed him nothing in comparison to what he owed his master and begins to choke him and demand. And that is exactly what we do when we hold on to unforgiveness. We are also choking and demanding that that which we don't deserve. We are acting as hypocritical. We are acting as sinful as this servant did when he choked and demanded. That's what we are doing when we hold on to bitterness. That's what we are doing when we hold on to unforgiveness. That's what we are doing when we don't forgive as God has forgiven us. And the tragedy continues. Because what do you think God's reaction was to all this? Not very good. But the parable goes on to tell us this. Then the master, remember the master's God. The master called the servant in and says to him, you wicked servant, I canceled all your debt because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, the master, let's call him God because that's what he is. In anger, God handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. And Jesus concludes with these words and you need to hear these words this morning. These are the words of the living God. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Now, I don't know what that verse fully means when it says that in anger the master handed him over to, to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay. I don't know, people argue back and forth. I've read a whole heap of commentaries, but let me summarize it like this. It's not good. It ain't pretty. And I don't want none of that. At the very least, you're going to be imprisoned. I believe it's something to do with that. That's why the Holy Spirit used that word, put back in jail. You're going to be imprisoned. You're going to be in a prison of bitterness. You're going to be in a prison of anger. You're going to be in a prison where even your health suffers. You're going to be in a prison where your family, your children, and your workplace and your church, and ultimately your relationship with God will suffer. That's the jail that you're going to be thrown in. However, there is hope. There is grace available. This is impossible. Everything that I've shared on, everything that I've taught, everything that I've read, this is impossible. But God, 
And this is why we come together in times like this and we just remember what the Word of God says, be challenged, be inspired and make the adjustments with His grace, with His Spirit, with His help at work in our lives. Can I pray for all of us this morning before I hand back to Tony? Is that okay? Can I ask you to stand, please? Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for your goodness. I want to thank you so much for your love, for your grace, and for your faithfulness. We thank you, Lord God, for who you are. And as we've read this morning in Scripture, we thank you for the unrelenting, for the undeserved, and for the unlimited forgiveness that we have found in you. Father, we pray this morning that for the sake of our freedom, the sake of our liberty, and for the sake of the strong, sweet, wonderful, positive relationships that you want us to walk in, I pray, Lord God, that some of what we share this morning would begin to walk out, be walked out and be fleshed out by each and every single one of us in Jesus' Name. We declare our absolute inability to put any of these things into practice, Lord God. We ask for your Holy Spirit to fill us, to lead us, to help us and to guide us, O oh God, that we may become more and more like you in every area in Jesus' Name. Father, for the sake of your name we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.